This program is paid for by Good News in Real Estate. All opinions or statements expressed on the program are solely those of Good News in Real Estate or their guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPHT or Odyssey. This program has been pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. This is Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. It's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next radio hour, the mortgage mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Classes, Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. All right, good afternoon. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Mark Cumberland, along with my co-host, the mortgage mom, Deanne Katsaris. I'm doing great, Mark. Very, very well. The Eagles fans are clapping for Deanne, man, after that win. (laughs) And we're excited to be talking to you every Saturday at 1 o'clock here on the number one talk station in Philly, WPHT Talk Radio. If you want to ask us a question about mortgages, commercial, residential real estate, give me a call. Getting a lot of call, a lot of emails from Odyssey uh, from all over the country. So you can give me a call. My number is 267 266 5501. What's your number, Deanne? My number is 609 605 7153. And we're every week to answer your questions, keep you informed because the media, national media, is doom and gloom, but the real estate market's fine if you know what you're doing. And you can listen to this show and past shows at our webpage, goodnewsandrealestate.com. We're celebrating our 15th year on the radio this month. So what's coming up today, Deanne? Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have the market report. Yes. We have our business tips with Asking Dr. A. Dealing with the holiday family. Yep, Uncle Harry coming to visit. We also have um, Mark's funny story. Got one. We have our mortgage mom topic. Part three, right? No, I'm going to change it up. We'll do part three next because this is... I think this is appropriate, and it's tis the season for giving. Right. Started a little early. So tis the season for giving. Stay tuned. Um, Mark, we also have our questions, and the first question is, what happens if items are mentioned in the house description during the home sale, but they weren't listed on the contract? Hmm. Popular question. The next one is, the buyer has removed all his contingency so he doesn't have any way to back out without losing his earnest money deposit. Unfortunately, I later found out that there were some defects, such as a leaking roof and the AC, which is no longer working. I found out while they just signed the contract. <laughs> and the ink has dried. And that's the my next, story, and I'm sticking to it. Right? <laughs> the next question is, my two brothers were appointed co-executors of my mom's will. Probate has been done for months now. 
We all three inherited her house in equal shares. Two of us live there. I'm being told because they were ex executives that they can decide to sell without my consent as they are still in charge. Is this true? The last Jeez. question mark is, does procuring cause in a real in real estate apply when you have to change an agent? That's a good question. One. A lot yeah. of people don't understand how that works. So, Mark, our topic of the day, are you running a business or playing at business? Yeah, that's a difference there, too. That's appropriate. Heading into 2024, let's get it together. But first, give us your motivational quote. And the motivational quote is, if you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change the way you think about it. Oh, I like that one. Yeah. Very so, good. All right, so where are we at? So we are up to the market report. So the Pennsylvania home inventory is down 21% year over year. We talk about this every week, this inventory issue. And I've been talking to a bunch of agents. Hey, are you calling your database? No. Right now they're all <laughs> right now they're all ordering their 24 calendars and they're going to send them out and right. hope somebody calls them. <laughs> but here's an interesting number. Since quarter 1 of 2000, Philadelphia home values have experienced a total appreciation of 141%. Oh jeez. From 2000. So like if you buy, we could keep talking about the renters and the buyers. Your value went up 141% since 2000, the last 20 years, at an average rate of 4.7%, according to uh, uh, this survey. Was Zillow forecasts that the Philadelphia re will region will continue to appreciate by 9.4% over the next year. So if that means in Philly, since there's so many neighborhoods and there's 66 wards, how many counties are there in the country? 3,600. 33. Yeah, you're all close. You were close. But anyway, so that means certain parts of the city are appreciating at like 15%. Right. And certain points are, are but they're all appreciating. So this is like citywide. 9.4%, that's almost 10% a year. That's insane. So you buy a $400,000 house, you're picking up forty grand a year. Or you buy a $400,000 triplex or quad. Yeah. And you're really making money. Yeah, you're really making money is right. Yeah. Forty eight percent of Philly. I just don't get it. Or still running. Still the challenging running. housing inventory levels and the consumer demand are contributing to Pennsylvania median home sales price maintaining higher values. The Pennsylvania median sales price was two hundred and seventeen thousand in October, up slightly from September, up one point five percent. That's in a month, according yeah, to this report. Yep. Our reports show that the median sales price has risen 34% over the last five years. We know that That's home values. Huge. I know. And, and we deal with these renters. I just don't get it. I find, At least I, had a, I taught at a class recently, and almost the whole class owned a home. That's oh, really that's rare. Very really rare. rare. Most of the time, they're all renters. Right. We know that the home values have appreciated in the past several years, according to the most reports. Home prices aren't expected to fall significantly, even with the tight inventory most markets are experiencing. And then the National Association had a, uh, a big meeting, and they, the big thing in Pennsylvania, inventory remained about the same in October compared to previous months, with 36,000 listings on the market. This is the whole state. 
However, the number of listings has fallen more than 60% from just five years ago and are down 21% from 22. 60%. Right now, there's about 4,000 homes for sale in all of Philadelphia, and there's over 600,000 units. So these record high home prices and tight inventory combined with the 20-year mortgage rates, which are up, but they are coming down. Yes, they are. Are we going to make the December 5th under I- six? Think we will? It's going to be a close one. It's going to be. It's, it's going to be a photo finish. <laughs> Look, a special- you, it goes. My philosophy right now is: I shot for the moon, and if I land on a star, I am still happy. You're a winner. That's right. <laughs> Have a sp- and so you know that's affecting home buyers this inventory issue and the rates, but the rates are coming down. Association of Reels first time home buyers made up thirty percent of all home buyers last year up from a previous historic low of 26%, but still below the average of 38% since 1981. So Pennsylvania home sales were down slightly in October from September, but they were down 20% from last year. From last year. So, I mean, you know, the rates, the inventory, and then the doom and gloom media, you know, people just don't know. I had a couple phone calls from the show last week, you know, we were thinking about buying, but we heard the real estate market sucks. I'm like, who told you that? Well, then they weren't listening to our well, show. No, they don't listen to our <laughs> show. So tell us about the rates. All right. So, Mark, our 30-year fixed conventional is at 7.25%. Your 15-year is at 6.75%. And our 30-year FHA is at 6.625%. So... I'm not There's far. a possibility you might make it. <laughs> the same as your 30-year VA. And again, don't forget, this is all based on what your credit score is, how much you're putting down. doesn't matter as much when you look at the FHA, but mainly on your conventional. So is it a good time to buy? Absolutely. We're still below the average, right? Since, um, 19, what would we call it, yep. 1943, the average interest rate from now till then was 7.47%. So, always yeah, seven between seven yeah. and eight percent is the average. So rate. we're under that. So let's go buy forty eight percent of Philly. I'm talking to you. I got a funny feeling we're going to get a number soon that it's going to be up to fifty percent. Listen, I just wanted to say that I could get people into their homes for the holidays. You just got to pick up the phone and give me a call. That's right, and you could buy a new house, and your rent won't go up six point seven percent to predict the next year. Anyway, so with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. We'll be right back. On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. If you're planning on listing your home for sale, get your home updated and don't pay anything until the house sells. Really, it's that simple. Curbio, your first stop with your agent before you list the property and your one stop for getting everything from painting and flooring to full home renovations. Go to Curbio.com, sell your home for a higher list price and realize an average 215% return on investment. It's stress-free, it's turnkey, and the process is easy. Go to Curbio.com. 
Philadelphia Real Estate Classes. The premier real estate school in Philadelphia has been voted one of the top five real estate schools in Pennsylvania. And it's no wonder. They offer live streaming and live instructor online courses to get your real estate license. Call 267-266-5501 or go to philadelphiarealestateclasses.com. Total cost, only $4.99 including the book. Day, night, and weekend courses are available. Call 267-266-5501 or go to philadelphiarealestateclasses.com. Get your license now. Green Tree Mortgage invites you to connect with the mortgage mom, Deanne Katsaros, the co-host of Good News in Real Estate and a five-star real estate expert in the Delaware Valley. Let the mortgage mom answer your questions, help you with a mortgage, provide answers for you about your current home, while always educating you about home ownership, including home purchase and finance options. Deanne Katsaros, the mortgage mom, NMLS 143589. Click mortgagemom.net. That's mortgagemom.net. All right, welcome back to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive, all the time. You know, that song is called Philadelphia PA. I wrote that for the Eagles. I wish I could get it to Jeffrey Laurie instead of playing ACDC at commercial breaks. Huh. Yeah. Well. So where are we at? I was just going to say, let me call Bradley Cooper, who's friends with Jeffrey Laurie, and see if we can make that happen. I'll send him a copy. And if I have to deliver it personally, you'll be a, to Bradley, do it Bradley gladly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark. Yeah, he'll so probably get a rate com- about two percent. You want to buy a house, Brad? We can work it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know there would even be an interest rate for that one. Anyway. Probably no fees neither. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, we are up to our funny story. All right. So uh, this guy, he's driving around, right? Uh, backwoods he's looking for properties and anyway he pulls up and he sees this sign talking dog for sale so he rings the bell the owner appears says the dog's in the backyard the man goes backyard and he sees this handsome labrador retriever sitting there he walks up to the dog he goes can you talk the labrador says of course after the man gets over the shock of hearing the dog talk he asks so what's your story the Labrador looks up. He goes, well, I discovered I could talk when I was a very little puppy. And as I grew up, I wanted to help the government. So I told the CIA. So soon they were flying me from country to country, sitting in rooms with spies and world leaders because no one thought a dog could eavesdrop. For eight years, I was one of the most valuable spies, but I got really tired of running around. I knew I wasn't getting any younger. So I decided to settle down. I got a job doing undercover security at an airport, walking around, eavesdropping (laughs) on suspicious people. I I uncovered some incredible deals and got a bunch of medals. And then I came back. I got married. I had a bunch of kids. And now I'm just retired. The man's so surprised. He goes back in. He asked the owner, you know, how much do you want for this dog? He goes, $10. He goes, $10? He goes, this dog's amazing. Why are you selling him so cheap? Because he says the damn dog's a liar. He didn't do any of that story. He's been here with me his whole life. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good. That if took some searching funny- for that one. <laughs> oh, man. If you have a funny story, send it to 8029 at Comcast.net. Or give us a call at 267-266-5501. And now it is time for the Mortgage Mom segment with the Ann Katsaris from Green Tree Mortgage. And our topic today is, tis the season for giving. (laughs) Bradley Cooper. (laughs) (laughs) 
so, <laughs> oh, do I have a big smile on my face? Yeah. I think nobody can see it. Anyway, so today is a special episode where we're going to explore the heartwarming journey of purchasing a home from a family member using the, the unique concept of a gift of equity. So not too many people know about this. Mark, it has so many perks. And we're going to go over a fascinating story that combines family ties with the excitement of home ownership. So let's dive right in. Our story begins with two main characters, Sarah, who is a young professional looking to buy her first home, and her uncle, Joe, who has a property he's willing to sell to Sarah. And they are both extremely exciting. So Sarah's been dreaming of home ownership, and Uncle Joe's house would be perfect for her. Plus, it would be amazing to keep it in the family. Yep. So Uncle Joe is happy to sell the house to Sarah and start this new chapter in her life. We're going to make it even more special with a gift of equity. Now, those of you that are not really familiar with the gift of equity term, it's basically when a family member sells their home to another family member at a price essentially below the market. Right. And what happens is they're gifting them the equity in the property. And this can be a fantastic way to assist a loved one in purchasing a home without requiring a substantial down payment. So Sarah is going to tell us how the process went and with Uncle Joe navigating the purchase using a gift of equity. And, you know, Sarah was surprised exactly how smooth it went because they, they started off by agreeing on a fair market value for the house. And right. then they determined, they determined the discounted price as the gift of equity. And the different acts as the down payment. So let's say we're talking about a house that's $300,000. They've agreed on that sale price. Right. But the house value is worth three hundred and fifty thousand. Right. So that difference between the three hundred and the three hundred and fifty thousand, Sarah gets to use as her down payment and also for closing costs. Good deal. Which is which is phenomenal. So um, Uncle Joe, he you know he was very excited to use the gift of equity because it not only helps Sarah with the down payment but it also eases the burden of closing costs and it's a way to invest in her future and provide her with a stable foundation without a significant financial strain. So now that we understand the concept, let's move forward to the exciting part, finalizing how the deal actually closed. So uncle Joe worked closely. Okay. With a real estate attorney and you can work with a mortgage lender. You don't necessarily have to have an attorney right. to handle this situation, but it's very imperative to work with a lender that knows how this is actually going to work. So they made sure that all the paperwork was in order. She still had to go through the qualification purposes, right. um, getting you know her W-2s and the pay stubs and things like that, verification of employment. So that process um, that she still had to go through, but they made sure all the paperwork was in order. And they closed the deal smoothly, and it was surprisingly easy. And Sarah was so grateful for Uncle Joe's generosity. And it's a heartwarming tale of a family, homeownership, and the creative use 
of using a gift of equity to actually help make dreams come true. So we really thank them for sharing our story. But if you're considering a similar path, you want to make sure you consult with professionals because in the state of in Pennsylvania, you're going to have a transfer tax. And the beauty of this gift of equity, when you are transferring this from a family member to another family member, you know what happens with that transfer tax? No transfer tax for you. It goes away. So again, that's a huge savings because it can be anywhere from 1% to over 2%. And that's on both sides. So on that $300,000 purchase, right, if they're paying a 2% transfer tax mark, that's $6,000 coming out of their pocket. Yeah, I hate that tax. Which is a lot of money. Um, So you just want to be careful. But again, the whole key to this is knowing how to do this transaction, right? Uncle Joe, no offense to any of the real estate agents, but Uncle Joe didn't pay a real estate commission because they didn't use a real estate agent. You can go- Or they could have did a transactional- uh, You can have a transactional coordinator or somebody that's actually going to do all the paperwork, which might be a little bit easier, and you're going to pay a small fee. So it was great. It's a great thing. And you help out a family member. Exactly. And it's exciting. I mean, it's definitely exciting. Imagine doing something like that for a Christmas present. And hanging well, hang, hang the house it. keys on a tree. Oh, that would be so amazing. Really? That would be so amazing. So if you have any questions regarding this, please feel free to reach out. Give me a call. My number is 609-605-7153. I was working in city council when they passed the transfer tax back. It was Were you like really? 88 or 89. And they had a big debate. And it finally passed at around 1130 at night. And there was one realtor still there. And he goes, this is a bad idea. And all in favor say aye. And they passed it. It was I, oh, it's a terrible tax. It was supposed to be a temporary tax, just like the drink tax, the cigarette right. tax, the wage tax. <laughs> they were all temporary taxes. Yeah. All right. All right. So don't go anywhere. Come right. stay tuned for our question and answers. That was a good topic. That'd be great. Imagine waking up on Christmas and getting a house. Wow. Well, Evie. <laughs> she's already plotting (laughs) all right so with that you're listening to good news and real estate here on talk radio 1210 wpht all positive all the time we'll be right back Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account. We're member-owned and offer all the services you're looking for, like mobile banking and free ATM withdrawals. Visit our website at pfcu.com. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. 
Green Tree Mortgage invites you to connect with the mortgage mom, Deanne Katzeros, the co-host of Good News in Real Estate and a five-star real estate expert in the Delaware Valley. Let the mortgage mom answer your questions, help you with a mortgage, provide answers for you about your current home, while always educating you about home ownership, including home purchase and finance options. Deanne Katzeros, the mortgage mom, NMLS 143589. Click mortgagemom.net. That's mortgagemom.net. Philadelphia Real Estate Classes, the premier real estate school in Philadelphia, has been voted one of the top five real estate schools in Pennsylvania. And it's no wonder. They offer live streaming and live instructor online courses to get your real estate license. Call 267-266-5501 or go to philadelphiarealestateclasses.com. Total cost, only $4.99 including the book. Day, night, and weekend courses are available. Call 267-266-5501 or go to philadelphiarealestateclasses.com. Get your license now. This program is paid for by Good News in Real Estate. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive, all the time. So, where are we at, Deanne? So, Mark, we are up to our question and answer segment. So, what's the, the first, first question? The first question is My question is, what happens if the items that are mentioned in the house description during the home sale, but they weren't listed on the contract? Yeah, this is a problem. This is where. You know, you see in the ad, washer and dryer included. I'll make it simple. Right. And then they show up at the walkthrough and the washer and dryer is gone. And they said that, but that was in the description. Was it in the contract? No. And then the other ones are, you know, fixtures. People don't understand the difference between a fixture and home personal property. Like, uh, you know, they show up and the dishwasher is gone. That was under the cabinet. That's a fixture. If it's connected to the house, it's a fixture. The refrigerator in the basement's gone. That's personal property. That's not a fixture. So if you don't put it in the contract and you go through, it's it doesn't count. So, you know, fixtures and personal property are two different things. So you want to be careful with that. But it's not in the contract. Doesn't matter. What's the next one? The next question is the buyer has removed all of his contingencies. And so he doesn't have any way to back out without losing his earnest money deposit. Unfortunately, later found out that there were some defects such as a leaking roof and the air conditioner no longer was working. It's not that I failed to disclose these, but they occurred after he removed his contingencies. Is he still <laughs> able to cancel when I disclose these additional defects? <laughs> oh, man. So so they bought the house last week and are settling in three weeks, and all of a sudden the roof started leaking, the AC doesn't work anymore. Always. That always you know, happens. Possibly it could happen. But, you know, usually, and it wasn't on the seller's disclosure, and now, you know, can he walk away? You know, you have to do some due diligence here because – you know, you have to try to find out. It, did they lie on the disclosure? If they did, you're out of the contract. Right. If it was by chance, you had a big storm, and the eight something happened to the roof and the AC. I know. It, then you got to negotiate and figure it out. But like, it doesn't usually happen like that. There's usually a problem's usually a problem, and somebody's aware of it. Remember the one we talked about years ago. They thought everything was good, and apparently there was a leak from the bathroom, and there was a drop ceiling in the kitchen. And so, as it was pending, all of a sudden the, they had a big like aluminum catering pan up there that used to catch the water. So right before they went, when they're going through the walkthrough, 
the weight finally collapsed. <laughs> through. Oh, God. And the guy goes, I didn't know. <laughs> I'm like, all right, all right, all right. Yeah. What's the next one? All right. The next question is, my two brothers were appointed co-executors of my mom's will. The probate has been done for months now. We all three inherited her house in equal shares. Two of us live there. I'm being told because they were ex- they were right. executors. Wow. Because they were executors, they can now decide to sell without my consent as they are still in charge doing due to being executors. Is this really true? Well, you know, it's according to how this will was spelled out and how it went through probate. Right. That's why you got to be really careful with this stuff. Because But it should be over. It should be over and and once it's probated and done, the executor expires. So I, right. and now, so the one's living there, the other two want to sell. So you know, it yeah. gets messy, and this is how fa- this this is how messy. families become enemies over money. And so now there's, and she's saying without my consent. You know, is that true? Who knows? Uh, does can she buy them out? She probably can't. There's so many little scenarios that could go on in that situation. That's why yeah. you really need to spell out and not cause your family troubles by having a will and a trust and everything else. Otherwise, you, you, know can what, get, Mark? you can you can really break up a family. You're going to end this predicament. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And for, you know, we keep talking about it every week. But for as little as $36, you can have a will put together. You can have somebody review it. You can get it updated. For $36 a month for a family. So, you know, it's. And this happens all the time. 80% of the country doesn't have a will. And then, and then what happens if you don't have a will, you got the government involved and then they decide they appoint an executor and they decide what's going to happen. And and if they can't come to an agreement, then a judge decides. How'd you like to have that crazy judge from New York deciding your uh, (laughs) future of your property? (laughs) All right. What's the next one? All right. Question number four. I found a property for sale online. I toured it with an agent a week ago. There was no signed agreement between the agent and myself. Mm. However, the agent is not willing to write an offer for me as they insist that the asking price is great and and that I pay a higher price than I wanted, about 7%. I had an argument with them. I had to fire the agent. I'm looking for a new agent who's willing to write an offer for me. However, one new agent told me, they can't write an offer for me because of the procuring costs. Why am I having like tongue tied today? If this applies, it would seem that I am stuck. The agent who showed me the property is not willing to write an offer for me. The other agent cannot write an offer for me because of the procuring cause. Well, the first thing in the very beginning is the mistake. There was no signed agreement between the agent and me. So that agent was never on that person's side. In Pennsylvania and a lot of states, if you don't have a buyer's agent agreed signed prior to writing the agreement of sale, the agent's working for the seller. Now, this other this agent showed them the house, and then they asked him to write the deal, and this agent said that they wanted them to raise the price seven percent. He had so now there's a personality uh, de- debate here, and they want right. to fire the agent, which is not even working for them anyway in the first place. They don't understand buyer agency. So you're firing somebody that's not even working for you. So they want a new agent that's willing to put the offer in. 
But then this new, now you hire a new agent and you actually sign a contract with them. And the agent writes the contract. And then the other agent goes to his broker and says, wait a minute, I showed them the house. We're procuring cause. And they're going to want to get paid. And then the buyer agent that they just signed the contract, either the buyer has to pay them or they work out a deal with the other company. But I've been in this situation a lot of times with agents that work for me over the years. That's why I always tell the agents to sign a buyer agency agreement before you even go shopping. Because it don't have to be for a year. It could be for a month, a day, a week, whatever. But at least the, right. this this person didn't understand. This first agent, you can't fire somebody that don't work for you. So that's that's <laughs> that's mistake number, that's number one. one. And, and right. then you showed them the house. Ha- they showed you the house. So, and but that agent refusing to rate the br- offer. That could be an issue. That could be a reason to get out of this thing. I would have. I would tell my new agent go to their broker. Have that broker go to the other broker that technically oh wasn't working for him and say, listen, that broke, that broker should not have, ref- that agent should not have refused to write the agreement just because they didn't want to go hired. That's their duty. That is their duty. They're representing the buyer. Well, technically not. They're not representing the buyer. Well, they're representing the seller. That's why they're saying to go hire. Right. But that buyer didn't understand that. I would, I would have the two brokers talk to one another about this situation and both agents are going to get hired at because if they were working for me, I'd be like, what the hell are you doing here? I mean, I remember I had I had these two brokers, two agents working for me. The one was selling an investment piece and the other one was going to buy it. Uh, now, yeah, one was representing a seller and uh, my agent wanted to buy it. And these two rocket scientists were at the house talking to the seller and my agent put down a deposit and wrote the deal. And somehow I find out that the seller's holding the escrow money. Mm. And I was like, who's got the escrow money? They said the seller. I said, why would you let the seller hold the escrow money? Well, he asked and (laughs) we we said, okay. So then the deal falls apart and now the seller's got the money in their bank, bank account. And I had to do, all kinds of negotiating to get him to like release this money. But this whole, this whole thing is a mess about agents, not understanding and buyers and sellers, not understanding how agents represent them. In a nutshell, if an agent shows you a house in Pennsylvania and you don't have a buyer agency contract, they do not represent you. They represent the seller. Everybody represents the seller until a contract is signed. This is a mess. And I don't like two things in there. One, not having a contract. And two, telling them to raise the house when they're representing the seller. Really bad. No, it's not bad. That's a bad ethical situation there. I'm glad somebody wrote that question so that you went on a rant. I thought we were going to get through the whole thing without a rant. But that was a good answer. There was a lot of uh, stuff in there. There was a lot of stuff. A lot of mistakes. All right. All right. So coming up next is going to be our topic of the day, which is, are you running a business or playing at a business? So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, all positive, all time. We'll be right back. 
Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at MortgageMom.net. Tree Mortgage invites you to connect with the mortgage mom, Deanne Katzeros, the co-host of Good News in Real Estate and a five-star real estate expert in the Delaware Valley. Let the mortgage mom answer your questions, help you with a mortgage, provide answers for you about your current home, while always educating you about home ownership, including home purchase and finance options. Deanne Katzeros, the mortgage mom, NMLS 143589. Click mortgagemom.net. That's mortgagemom.net. If you're planning on listing your home for sale, get your home updated and don't pay anything until the house sells. Really, it's that simple. Curbio, your first stop with your agent before you list the property and your one stop for getting everything from painting and flooring to full home renovations. Go to Curbio.com, sell your home for a higher list price and realize an average 215% return on investment. It's stress-free, it's turnkey, and the process is easy. Go to Curbio.com. Philadelphia Real Estate Classes, the premier real estate school in Philadelphia, has been voted one of the top five real estate schools in Pennsylvania. And it's no wonder. They offer live streaming and live instructor online courses to get your real estate license. Call 267-266-5501 or go to philadelphiarealestateclasses.com. Total cost, only $4.99 including the book. Day, night, and weekend courses are available. Call 267-266-5501 or go to philadelphiarealestateclasses.com. Get your license now. All right, welcome back to Good News from Real Estate here on 1210 WPHD, positive all the time. So we're at the end. So, Mark, we are up to our topic of the day, which is are you running a business or playing at business? I run into this one a lot, especially at the school. I get a lot of real estate students that own another business. And doing business is actually running a real business and producing economic value by servicing real customers and generating revenue and making a profit. Playing business is acting like you're running a business, but act without actually doing business. The purpose of this is all to distinguish between the two, which is not always easy to do, particularly in the infant stages of an enterprise where a startup is not proven. So to distinguish between people playing and doing business is not sometimes that clear. Eventually, people who do business will have a real business, and the people who play business won't have any business. <laughs> This is a good way. This they end up not being in the business. I've come to learn like good entrepreneurs have an instinctual ability to separate BS from the real. The longer I run businesses and watch other businesses, the more convinced I'm at. To some degree, this may be a God-given attribute, but a lot of it's training and learning the 80-20 rule and stuff like that. Entrepreneurs are able to cut to the essence of the business, which we call the 20%. That are material and it opens up the possibility to entrepreneurs learn how to do this over and over, over extended period of time, like failing forward. You know, you learn from mistakes. I'm always struck by the fact that when like Microsoft, Microsoft first started out, even for a long time after inception, he had a company running basically, you know, out of a garage. And he must have known, even at an early age, that the quality of business facilities doesn't have much to do with whether the business is real or successful. It also struck me and it still impresses me that he was personally selling deals until Microsoft was around $100 million in revenue. So he was involved day to day. Entrepreneurs who do business are able to isolate 
a few factors that make a business real. Great products, great service, growing revenue, profits. They're not lulled into the trappings of business, which we call the stuff, the 80%. Let's talk about people who play business. These are people who are either focused on the trappings of what would seem to be a business and they're not focused on the right type of things. The people who start these businesses usually want signs of a real business without substance. Some of these signs include expensive facilities, high rents, lots of employees, lots of capital, big titles, fancy board of directors. In some ways, people who play a business want the results of a real business before they have a real business. And these are the people who spend a lot on travel, charge personal expenses to the company, put, you know, put it through it, uh, go through a year. They, they appear like they're business people, but they're basically posers. They're basically on a more subtle level. They probably spend a lot of time in meetings, (laughs) setting up systems, evaluating insurance plans, all the under non-revenue producing activities. That's all the 80%. That they spend their time on superficial things that are not real. At the root, when you start a business, you have to ask yourself whether you want something real or do you want to appear in a certain way. And in a way, starting a business is an inside game where the character of the founders is revealed in a hundred of small decisions and things they say or do. Interestingly, if you are usually informs the type of people that you hire and bring on, you know, like the doctor. Dr. A tools. So doing business versus playing business cascades directly to what the organization becomes over time. And there's a lot of people that this is why small businesses fail so much. They get into it. They lease fancy places, hire wrong people, hire, pay too much. You know, they're, they're focused on the 80 rather than the 20 of what gets you to business. I talk about this all the time with you know, real estate agents, technically, once they got their license and or sign an independent contractor agreement, they're small business people. And a lot of them never sure. never ran a business before. It, but they don't understand that either. Oh, well, they come out of my school, they do. And I, I tell them, that's why I ask in every class, anybody in here own a business? And last class, the one guy had a car dealership and another guy was uh, a hairdresser and there was another one. And... They run a business. Like the girl that cuts my hair, she makes 150 grand a year because she's a business person, you know? And then and then the other people that are acting like business people and not watching their expenses and, and not lead generating correctly, they're playing in business. And most of them don't survive. Right. You know? You got any comments and, on it? Well, and it kind of goes back to, you know, is this the most use of your time, right? So with, with my coaching, and you talk about it all the time, the 8 to 20, you know, there's a difference between being busy and being productive, and it's and it's the same thing. It, well, it's the same thing as your topic, but it's not the same thing because you could sit around and delete emails for an hour, and you're busy, but it's not productive. Yeah, it you wasn't could spend, the best use of your time. And You could spend and you a have to, day looking at emails, answering LinkedIn messages, Facebook, Twitter. You know, this morning I opened up LinkedIn. You got 197 messages. Notifications, right? I I, I could spend the whole day on that. That's not going to make me a dollar. Right. One phone call is going to make me 500 bucks. 
Exactly. So, so what am I going to do? Answer them or answer a phone call that makes me $500? Yeah. I think I'm going to answer the phone. And the other thing is you can't manage what you don't measure. So, you know, that's one of my favorite things. You got to, it goes back to running the business, knowing your numbers and knowing, you know, how to execute. And, you know, we should continue yeah. on that uh, maybe on our next segment. But And you do your business plan for the upcoming October, year in October, right. not on right. New Year's Eve. All right, Mark. So coming up next is our business segment with Asking Dr. A. And he's going to talk about the personality of an S with Uncle Harry coming for the holidays. So how are you, Dr. Waberson? I am doing terrific, Mark. How are you guys in Philly? We're good. A little chilly, but the Eagles are kicking butt. I know. So, ten and one. I've been uh, watching. It's uh, it's, it's fantastic. Let's let's hope that they can do a close this year. Yes, we're hoping. So let's pick it up. So we've been talking about family members coming over for the holidays. We did the D, the I, and we're up to the S. Right. This, today we're going to. And do these the are S. all. And these people are all about relationships and love everybody, and they like getting together. So tell us about them. And they do. So uh, let, let's talk about what you shouldn't do with them because it's kind of interesting. They're, they take things very personal. So uh, you, you don't want to be sarcastic so, could, because uh, what that does is that just frustrates them and that upset, upset, upsets them. One of the problems with S's though is they don't let you know it. So they can easily right. be offended, but uh, but you won't know anything about it because they're really good at controlling their nonverbals uh, and they'll keep it to themselves. So so two things you really don't want to do uh, is uh, be sarcastic, as I just mentioned. The second thing is don't get into political debates with, with the S uh, because especially <laughs> with how polar idea. our society happens to be right now, uh, that uh, they'll go along and they'll agree with you uh, no matter what it is your, your your perspective is or they won't say anything at all. Uh, and you won't really know what's going on inside with them. So you may. So if you have the different political uh, objectives or ideas, then what will happen is uh, they just might dislike you or not want to interact with you, and you won't even know what happened. Hey, that's not a topic you want to bring up in, in, in any social thing anymore. It's just any social gathering. I never bring up politics anymore because everybody's already know where they're at. There's like, and then the S's are, they're not social butterflies. So you do something like that, you're going to shut them right down. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, uh, don't get into religion either. Those are the, those are the two topics that you really don't want, want to get into unless, I mean, unless everybody there is part of your, your church or your synagogue or your mosque, you know, so it's, it, it, for, for sure, you don't want to do that. But one of the things to do, or a couple things to do, is just listen intently and ask them questions. Yeah. They'll answer your questions typically because they want they, they, they want you to like them and they want you to uh, appreciate them. So they'll answer your questions, but they typically won't volunteer those types of things. So ask no. them. Don't try and get too personal. Don't get don't get too pushy or anything like that. Just just ask them surface questions uh, and and see how they're doing and. Go down the trail when they're talking about family, because they like to talk about family and what's happening, you know, with with their family, what's happening with your family, and and those types of things. So those are the yeah, they're all about relationships, absolutely. So and the D's, the D's and I's have to remember not to take over the damn conversation, and ask a question and then shut up and let them talk. Exactly. Exactly. And you know what? If you ask them what's going on with them, they'll tell you. They will. And you'll find out everything. But if you don't ask, you don't know. The answer, that's right. And, and like I deal with 
most of the agents are S's and C's, and most of my students are S's and C's. And they'll sit there quiet with their arms crossed and won't say a word. But once you get them talking and you let them talk, they open up and they tell you everything. And that's the best way to do it because with the S's, you don't want to try to over-control or over-talk. So just ask them questions about themselves, their family, relationships, and everything will be cool. So if anybody's interested in uh, learning a lot more about this, we have a certification that's going on next month. Uh, So go to our website at uh, abelson.net, A-B-E-L-S-O-N.net, or just uh, email me at abelson at abelson.net. I just gave a speech to a bunch of investors about the disc. Thanks. And and I gave them uh, my favorite line, what's the most important thing we could talk about? And they really liked that line. Because, you know, because most of the time you're going to run into SSCs. Right. They're most of the population. So if you ask that question, they'll tell you. Yes. But you got to ask. It's not rocket science. Right. You got to ask. If you don't ask, the answer is no. All right, doctor. That was a good one. Next week, we'll do the uh, C, the accountant type mentality. Absolutely. All right. So you can email your questions to Mark at 8029 at Comcast.net or give him a call at 267-266-5501. You can also email me at deanneketsaris at comcast.net or give me a call at 609-605-7153. And a special thanks to all of our listeners and our sponsors for keeping us on the air all these years here at Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We hope you make make you a faithful listener and you tune in every Saturday at 1 o'clock. So with that, have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom. You've been listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive, all the time. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate. If you'd like to contact Mark Cumberland or Deanne Katsaris or listen to any of their past shows, go to goodnewsinrealestate.com. This program is paid for by Good News in Real Estate. All opinions or statements expressed on the program are solely those of Good News in Real Estate or their guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPHT or Odyssey. This program has been pre recorded.